This is episode 29 with Laura Hamill. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. My guest, Dr. Laura Hamill, is an expert on employee engagement. She's been featuring Fast Company, Forbes, Self, Seattle Magazine, and top HR publications. Laura is the Chief People Officer and Science Officer of the Line Made Institute. Her research team includes organizational psychologists, business insight experts, and data scientists. Laura and her team help 100-plus large companies to better engage their employees. They do that by turning their research into actionable strategies and workshops. But in this episode, we flip the script. Ask not what your company can do for you, <laughs> ask what you can do for your company. On that theme, so what can we do for our company? Or in some cases, what can we do for ourselves to grow our business? What strategies and tactics can we leverage to increase our own engagement at work? Let's ask Dr. Laura. Welcome to the show, Laura. Uh, how are you? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. And before we get to talking about the how behind employee engagement, sure. Let's start with the basics. What's your definition of employee engagement and why does employee engagement matter? Yeah. So employee engagement is a deep connection and sense of purpose at work. What's really cool about it is when you feel that way, when you feel connected, when you feel a sense of purpose, it results in more energy and more commitment to the organization. So there's something about employee engagement that is really about connecting with who you are, connecting with your meaning and purpose. There are so many different components of employee engagement that we don't talk about very often. I feel like there's a lot more to it than most organizations de delve into. And one of the things that I find most organizations doing is really just focusing on doing an employee engagement survey, right? And hey, I'm a survey developer. I, I appreciate that. But what's a bummer about that is not really seeing that that survey just represents these concepts that you need to be focusing on at work, right? And there's so much more to really digging in to creating those meaningful connections between employees and their work. So um, I also find that a lot of organizations tend not to really think about employee engagement in that kind of deep connection way. They t tend to think about it like job satisfaction. Like, I like mm -hmm. my job. I have a good manager. I get paid fairly. And it's really so much more. It's really about this concept of energy. Mm -hmm. So energy is, is kind of a funny word, right? Because I remember... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I could never say the word energy because people would go, oh, they feel like it was too metaphysical, like Sedona, Arizona energy. And now I love that most organizations get that there's something very important for us to understand about energy. So what is it about our work that gives us energy? Mm. How do we create more energy at work? Because energy is sort of like this magic resource, right? It's the way we get things done in organizations. So there's a lot to employing engagement that I think organizations need to dig into a little bit more deeply. And to answer your question about why it matters, man, it matters. <laughs> it matters so much. You could think about it as kind of being the engine of your organization. Employee engagement is how stuff happens in your organizations. It's how you get results. Again, think about that energy, right? So employee engagement has been studied like crazy in terms of how it's related to business results. And I always do this kind of funny little challenge with it saying, give me a business result that your organization cares about. And I bet you I can find a great academic, empirical, data-driven study that shows that having an engaged workforce will lead to that business result. Almost any business result has been studied. So it's been, engagement's been connected to retention. It's been engaged, um, connected to um, profitability. It's been connected to um, patient satisfaction. It's been connected to customer satisfaction and loyalty. Mm -hmm. uh, ROI, just really any business metric that you can think of. Engagement 
is better, right? It's better to have an engaged workforce. So it really is, has a strong connection to business results. That's one of the reasons why we should care about it, right? The second reason why we should care about it is it's just more human, right? It's more human to have a place where people go every day, where they get this sense of fulfillment, where they feel this connection, where they have this energy. It's such a good thing for an individual employee to feel engaged in your work, right? Life's too short to go to a place where you don't feel like you want to go there. I always sort of do this litmus test is when you're driving to work, do you want to go there? Are you kind of excited to get there? Like, oh, I've got some people I want to talk to. I've got some mm-hmm. things I got going on. Yeah. Um, do I have this general feeling of excitement? It might not be every day that you feel that feeling, but most days. And, you know, I always also like to caution people. It doesn't mean it's always rainbows, butterflies, <laughs> that everything's perfect. It's more this feeling of like, energy, excitement. I've got things to do. I've got things that matter to me. I've got people that matter to me here. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, another important distinction. Does energy means hyper? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't have to mean hyper. And I know I'm a little, you know, I tend to be a little over caffeinated in my life. I have a lot of, I have a lot of kind of extroversion, right? And I always try to tell people it just because that's one way you might see it. But it absolutely can show up in all different kinds of personality types and the mm. energy, right? It doesn't have to be verbally, <laughs> verbally manifested. It for sure can be manifested in the, you know, the quality of the work, the quantity of the work, the interests. Um, it doesn't have to be kind of the, you know, typical hyper <laughs> way of seeing it. You know, I, I asked because the first time I was introduced to the concept of energy management was by Tony Robbins oh, right, right. <laughs> at one of his events. Yeah, 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 for sure. I hear you. So and I, I got hyper. I think it's important not to, like, like, not to think you can only be one way and be engaged, mm-hmm. right? I'd like to talk to people about it's not always that everything's perfect, like it's not the rainbows thing, and it's also not that you have to be an extrovert or it has to show up, mm. you know, you have to see the energy. It can very much show up in different ways through our work. So it's basically putting a group of people in a state of flow. Yeah. I love the idea of flow. You know, flow is an interesting concept as I've been studying um, the topic of well-being, which I'll talk about too mm-hmm. and how it's related to engagement. But as I've been studying well-being, I've been really interested in this idea of flow, which it sounds like you know what it is, which is to clarify, it's this concept that when you get so deeply into your work that time just flies by right? You, things go around, uh, go on all around you. You don't even notice them because you're so connected to what you're focusing on. Before I came here, I was just over at Starbucks and I was in that kind of state on a, on a topic that I'm working on. It's beautiful. It's a great feeling. It's when some of our best work can be done is when we're in that flow state. It just feels so good. Mm-hmm. And so flow is really an interesting thing. I sometimes in some of the talks that I do, I ask the audience if they've been in that kind of flow state. And for sure, there are a ton of people who say, yeah, yeah, that feels really good. But then there are plenty of people who just sort of look around and don't raise their hand. And so I'm like, wow, that's such a bummer that not everybody has kind of gotten that feeling of just being so connected to your work that you're kind of one with it. Mm. Um, and so flow is a, an important concept in this in this idea of well-being and engagement. Um, and there are, there's just a lot of different ways you can have that deep connection with your work. Flow is, is one of them. What are some strategies to align employees with their company so that they feel that they're connected to the company and they're not just going there because it just happens to meet their skill set. Yeah. And that's how they pay the bills. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I think it's really important before you even get into an organization to be really clear about this idea mm-hmm. so that when you're interviewing, you could ask some important questions, right? Mm. Um, I think one of the c- most important concepts is this idea of meaning and purpose. So, Is there something that is happening in this organization? It could be the vision of the company. It could be the strategy. It could be the industry or market you're in. But is there something about that that you feel like you could connect to from a meaning and purpose perspective? Something that matters to you. Mm -hmm. Something that feels like, hey, I could get up every day and get excited about working on that, right? So at Lime Aid, for example, we're 
we are in this great spot because we have this this vision, um, this mission to really improve well-being in the world. Well, golly, that's the huge thing to try to take on. To me, I'm excited every day to think about how are we influencing that. Hmm. So meaning and purpose is a really important thing. So if you're looking at a new organization that you might want to go work at, is there something there that you could connect to like that, right? Is there something mm-hmm. there that could help give you that meaning and purpose? So that's one thing. Another thing I like to tell um, organizations is, or individuals who are looking at new organizations is, how do they even talk about employee engagement? So one little question that I think is a good one is to ask the interviewer, so could you share with me your employee engagement survey results and what you've done to really make sure this place is a great place to work? Hmm. And that is a little mind blowing because the way somebody might react to that tells you a lot. If they go, oh, wow, that's a great question. And you know what? We just did one and we do them actually really regularly because we really care about employee input. And the last thing we focused on in this company was X, Y, and Z, right? Versus somebody who deer in the headlights (laughs) says, uh, uh, I don't think we can share that with you or doesn't have an answer or doesn't know even when they've done, you know, focus on employee engagement or what they've done about it. Mm. So I think finding out if employee engagement is something that's kind of part of the language in that organization, if there's real intention around it is really important. So there's a lot I think we can do before we get in organizations to make sure that this place, this place I might go work at, they're really smart about this and they're intentional about creating a place where people want to come every day. So that's one thing. Once you're there is another interesting concept. So this idea that you kind of talked about around how, you know, employee engagement tends to be this big company initiative. We do this big survey. There are these big kind of rollout plans. And what's crazy is that we focus on teams and and the company and not individual people, right? Very rarely do we go and say, hey, you know what? There are things you can do to improve your own employee engagement. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I think is a really interesting kind of flip that I'm seeing. That's what we're starting to do at LimeAid internally, but also with our customers is offer up ways for individual employees to focus on their own engagement. So there are a couple different things once you're there that I could think of. Now, of course, there's the idea of kind of connecting to your meaning and purpose. If you feel like the job you're doing isn't, you're not able to do that, well, maybe there's another job within the organization that you should look at. But it, outside of changing jobs, changing companies, there are things that you can do that are real to me, like they're kind of funny almost because they're small, but they make a big difference. And so one of them is this idea of progress. i I, I was kind of a not a big, I didn't see the value in this concept of progress until, until I started reading about it. And then I started practicing it. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, this makes a huge difference in how engaged I feel and how engaged my team feels. So let's, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. So the concept, it's probably pretty obvious, but the concept of progress is people have this need to know that they're working towards something and they're, they're, they're taking steps to get there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have this big feeling of, oh my gosh, I've got this big thing I want to do. And I work, 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 work. And I never take the time to realize, oh my gosh, we've come so far, right? We've done so much. We're so busy just on to the next thing, right? On to this, this thing that never feels like I can really get to the, get to it. I never can really fully achieve it. Interesting. We don't build in this concept of progress. So on my team, we did this funny thing. We're a technology company, so this sounds really awful. (laughs) We basically have this big whiteboard, and we've put up our quarterly goals. And they're kind of goals that aren't so individual. They're more like dyad and triad goals within my teams. And we have them up on the board. So there's like, I don't know, five to eight Mm -hmm. for each group. And we check them off when they're done. (laughs) And it sounds so silly, right? But it actually is such an exciting time when we check them off and and can look at, here are all the things we just did in this quarter. Look how how much progress we've made. And so progress is a really interesting thing that I think any person can actually focus on. And we tend not to because we're moving so fast, right? We tend not to because we don't take the time to reflect. We tend not to because maybe we didn't, didn't even remember, you know, what we did three weeks ago. And so I think progress is an interesting concept from an engagement perspective to focus on. 
One bigger thing, and this is, this is kind of, to me, maybe a point that's related to what organizations kind of skip when and don't think about in terms of employee engagement. It's how the idea of well-being and employee engagement are related to each other. Mm-hmm. So well-being is, you know, this idea that, you know, you have, you feel good and you have purpose in your life. So there's a, this feeling good thing is both feeling good in your physical body, but also feeling good in your head. And the reason there's, there's been a lot of research to find that there is a statistical connection between well-being and employee engagement, but you might ask, why is that? Well, how is it that those are connected? Because I always like to ask why, you know, once I see something statistically related. So one of the things that I, the one simple way to think about this, you remember before I was talking about the idea that engagement sort of the engine of your organization. It's, mm-hmm. it's how your organization gets results. Yeah. Well, well-being you could think of as the fuel to that engine. Mm. Well-being is the way you can keep doing what you're doing. It's the way you have a tank that's full to make sure that engine's still working. Um, And so those things really need to go hand in hand. And what I see most organizations doing is that they bought into this idea of employee engagement, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we need results. And their results, uh, engagement statistically related to getting results. And so we'll focus on that. And yeah, let's do a survey. (laughs) And yay, it's all good. What are these? Sorry, I I want to pause. Can you give me an example of like two, three questions that these surveys ask you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Now, there are engagement surveys that I don't feel like really are engagement surveys that are the job satisfaction surveys. So I won't cover those questions. Those are just more, they're Mm -hmm. more just um, kind of evaluation mm -hmm. of your work conditions. Like I have a good manager, I have clear goals. When Mm. you do a real engagement survey from my perspective and really from a research perspective, it has to do with that energy component. So I feel excited to come to work most days. Um, I, I, I work on things that um, give me a sense of meaning and purpose. Um, I have challenging, but you know, achievable work. So those kinds of things that are more about the feeling of energy, that's when you start to get to employee engagement. So that's different from I have clear goals or I have a manager that I like, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, that is really important to, to measure it correctly for sure. So this, this well-being and engagement piece is important for individual employees to understand because if you're not also focusing on your own well-being and if your organization's not supporting your own well-being, you're not going to be able to sustain high levels of employee engagement over time. So I always like it when I'm thinking about individual employees and things they might do, think about how your well-being is when you're at work and outside of work. Do you feel a lot of stress from your work? How is stress impacting your engagement? Because as we all know, if you're feeling really high levels of engagement for long periods of time, but you're also feeling stress during that time and you get to the point where it's not very manageable anymore, Mm -hmm. you're going to burn out. And then they get depressed or who knows? Yeah. I mean, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's all kinds of ways that burnout impacts you in a negative way. And so, and I could talk on and on about burnout. Um, it's, it's just an important component in order for you to sustain high levels of engagement is to feel like you're taking care of yourself as a person and that you do feel good and that you do still feel that connection to your purpose. This is a follow-up question that builds up on a previous interview that I did with someone yeah. where he felt in that he, he was an employee at Microsoft and he, yeah. he felt this pressure and anxiety from the environment yeah. with his team. Yet later on on his journey, he was able to, he ended up starting his own startup and now he's confronting the same type of yes. anxiety but this time he says that um, the anxiety was easier to deal with because he had a purpose yeah versus the other one yeah. it was just kind of ongoing so the, the 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 question i was trying to answer uh, there and I, I i thought about you when when, we, when i was talking to him about this is yeah. what can organizations do to facilitate 
clarifying mm -hmm. for employees what's their meaning and purpose. And I'm talking yeah. about the new workforce because yeah. even me, when I when I I've been thinking about meaning and purpose for a big chunk of my life, mm -hmm. now I'm, I feel more confident about it. Yeah. But at the beginning, if you were to ask me meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. It was somehow grayish. Yeah, for sure. Right? It could be confused with how I felt that day. Yeah. Right? If, you, if I was feeling good and you asked me, do you feel like your job is aligned with your meaning and purpose? Well, I'm feeling great. I guess yes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, you know, later on as you uh, start growing, what are some things that we can do? Because uh, I'm thinking right now there is this big wave of, in the new workforce, the youngest generation yeah. to All, everybody wants to become an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to be the leader. Everyone wants yeah. to have their own thing. Yeah. But then later on, for the ones who do, is once they start that company, how do they keep people like them inside <laughs> yeah, right. so that you can actually build a team, a powerful yeah. team? Yeah. And, you know, that is actually from a pure research perspective, maybe in the scenario you were just talking about, right, with the person from Microsoft, who I also worked there for a long time, so I can relate. Uh -huh. Um You know, that from a research perspective, one of the best things to do when you are burned out is to connect back with your meaning and purpose. That's there is really good research to say that's the one of the most important things to do. Maybe even better than, you know, short term recovery things like taking some time off. How do you connect yeah, with your meaning mm -hmm. and purpose from this so, research? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the easiest ways is to be with your customers or, you know, whoever you think of as your customer to listen to the impact your work or your organization's work is having with your customers mm. to have more kind of empathy with what your customers are feeling and seeing that you're really making a difference with your customers or your patients or whoever those people are that can make a huge difference so if you can show back maybe videos or interviews mm. actually at Limey, we have we have our users and our customers come and talk to our employees and, and be on a panel and we can just hear from them in their words the difference it's made now it's not always that everything's perfect or that we're doing everything to change their lives but it connects to like what we're trying to do puts a human being behind it and so having more of those kinds of interactions is I think it's huge. Now, another thing you can do is show more, getting back to my progress thing, show how this company and my work is actually connected to us making progress as an organization, right? Making that real connection between, you know, this big mission we have, these goals we have as a company for this, you know, next year mm -hmm. and the work that I'm doing. I call that line of sight, a line of sight exercise. And it's sad to me how few employees have had ever had anybody in their organization connect the, their work mm. to the mission of the company. It's not actually that hard. So what I always recommend is individual managers should sit down with their employees and say, so you have these things that you're working on every day and here are your goals. Can I, I just want to take a few minutes and show you how what you're doing every day connects to my team, like my department. Hmm. And then I want to show you how our department is impacting the company and ultimately how it connects to the mission we're trying to achieve. Oh, I love it. We just sometimes, I think we just sort of assume that people get that, but they don't. Well, sometimes managers, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that are, if you're in a company where managers are spending most of their time putting down fires. Yeah. They don't really have time for those type of engagements. Completely. And that's why I I, I feel proud at Limey. We focus so much on our managers and how managers are really, their hmm. role is to support their employees. Their job is to be there for the employees, to talk to them about their well-being, to talk to them about how they can help them more. And so those kinds of conversations could be a lot more and are a lot more natural when you kind of think of managers as being in support of their employees. Um, but you're right. A lot of managers not only are fighting fires, but they have their own individual contributor things that they're supposed to be doing, right? And so I think we just really need to make managers managers and, and really value that role. Mm, I love it. What, kind of going back to some yep. of the things that you said, yep. what would be the, from top to bottom, the leading reasons that you see are threats that contribute to low engagement? Yeah. Um, So I think that well-being idea is what one of them, right? It's the idea that we've sort of missed the human part of this whole thing, kind of missed this concept that 
you know, valuing employees as human beings really is at the core of any great company. And if you want come, uh, you want your employees to be giving their all every day, you got to give your all to them, right? Mm. It's got to be mutual. It has to go both ways. You can't just expect people to come every day and give, 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 give without them feeling like they're receiving back. And when I say receiving back, I'm not talking about just pay. I'm talking about feeling like you care about them as people, that they are part of this, that there's there's a mutual commitment between the employer and the employee. And it has to feel authentic, right? It can't just be lip service to it. So to me, what most organizations are missing is the role they play in making this mutual. And even like one of the things that bugs the heck out of me is when people talk about employee engagement as discretionary effort. That's ridiculous. You should not be defining employee engagement as discretionary effort. That's an, a potential outcome of engagement. Mm-hmm. And that's just looking at it from like, what is this employee doing for me? Discretionary yeah. effort, right? That's ridiculous. That's an outcome. What it should be more about is this deep connection, this sense of purpose, feeling so connected to my work in this place that I'm that I, maybe I will result in discretionary effort. But discretionary effort is not where you should be, th- how you should be thinking about this. It's mutual. So correct me if I'm wrong. So the first leading contributor to law engagement is, is keeping the yes, idea of well-being. Exactly. And that translates into some organizations caring about their employees as employees, not as individuals. That's right. And just what we can, what they can do for us, not what we can do for them. Right? For them. It's not a, it's not a relationship. How it's can we one improve way. their lives? Yes. And, and support them, right? And it, it's, it's, what's hard about it is that sort of takes a long view, right? This is, this is, this is not some organization that only cares about results this month, right? Because then they're just going to crank through people and not really care about them as human beings. You really sort of have to take this longer view of there are going to be ups and downs. There's mm-hmm. going to be gives and takes. There's going to be, you know, times when people are all kind of all in and other times where they might need to pull back. Mm-hmm. Taking the long view really is what, to me, is what creates great places to work. So that, yes, the first one I would say is don't skip this concept of well the well-being of your employees. Realize that that's a fundamental piece if you want to be a great place to work. If you want to have sustained engagement, you got to care about people as human beings. So that's that would be to me one of the biggest things that's missing. Now so the idea of well-being and then was one of the low uh, leading reasons for low engagement. What, what will be uh, the second one? I'm trying to get to three. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get to three. You know, well-being is one of them for me. I think the second one is we just have these cra- crazy legacy things that we do in the engagement space, like a lot of things in HR. There are these things we just do, and they don't make a ton of sense. Science doesn't support them, but we think we have to do them that way. So the, th- the thing that I think in engagement is we're so focused on surveys. And so we have all these processes around giving this employee engagement survey, right? And all uh-huh. this emphasis on high response rates. And it's crazy. What do they do with this service that, that is wrong right now? Um, I guess my, my main point is there's too much emphasis on the survey and there's almost no emphasis on taking action. So, what so basically ha- there is a lack of an, uh, of an outcome for this service. There's yeah. a lack of clarity for what are you trying to get out of this service? Because the survey right. itself they, is just a strategy for an objective. That's right. It's But it's one piece of it, right? To measure something is just one part of it. What's missing is we don't have a lot of structure, systems, processes around taking action. What most organizations do is they send out their reports uh-huh. to managers and leaders, right? And they say, okay, now go fix it. Well, if you knew how to fix it, maybe you wouldn't be in that place to start with. Mm. And so there's just a big gap around how you actually take action to improve. And there's not, again, a lot of of structure, systems, processes around that improvement piece. We have a lot of structure and systems and processes around taking the big survey. And so the the emphasis to me is all wrong. Um, We need to focus more attention and effort around how do we have processes for improvement? How do we actually teach managers how to talk with their employees about engagement? How do we move it past just, you know, a set of results 
from your survey? How do you move it into something where it actually is meaningful to your employees? So it's just kind of a funny thing in this industry that that's all people talk about. Even when they bring up, you know, what is employee engagement? It's a survey to most organizations. And it's just crazy that that's what, how this whole thing has happened. So there are a lot of things in HR, this is one of them, where you have this legacy way of doing things and people just can't break out of doing things differently or realizing the emphasis is all wrong. So I think that's that's number two. You know, it's, it's funny. So basically, they, they do the service because they want to know where they're at. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of have an idea where they want to be. Right. But they skip the whole, here are the objectives and here are the strategies and here are the tactics that we're going to implement right. to help us get there. Yeah. Is I, that right? Yeah, completely. Um, and they just leave it to people to figure out. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the third one. Yeah. You know, I think, and this is a little, maybe a little um, academic, and mm-hmm. I really feel like we don't understand what engagement is. And meaning, we have definitions, right? And we sort of have this feeling like, oh, okay, I guess I kind of know when I feel it. But we're not that smart about really being clear about what are the what are the drivers of engagement, and so I just think there's there's a lot more opportunity for us to get real about how the actual work, the actual things that happen, the constructs that are underneath that feeling of being excited to come to work every day. What are those things, and how can we make them more real? in organizations. So let me give one example. Uh-huh. A lot more than we kind of acknowledge about engagement is related to the job tasks themselves. So the actual work you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about that. <laughs> it's boring to people. This idea of job design is something within like the human resources space nobody cares about, nobody talks about. It's not sexy, but it's a lot about engagement. So your ability, so within this idea of like your job, Mm -hmm. there's some really clear science around what makes a job engaging. Mm. So there's this concept of you have to sort of own something from end to end. Well, do we ever talk about that? No. <laughs> that, that's to, funny. That brings back the, the idea of uh, giving people an opportunity to be an entrepreneur somehow. That's right. That's right. But if we maybe were more intentional in, in regular organizations, not entre- you know, not new startups or anything like that, around creating jobs that had that kind of sense of ownership in it, right? The idea of feeling some autonomy in your job, Hmm. this concept of, you know, seeing the results and how the things that you do every day affect real human beings inside your company and outside your company. Like the actual job is a huge part of employee engagement and nobody wants to talk about that (laughs) and nobody wants to really like focus on because it's hard work redesigning jobs. Because we have it in our heads that it has to be this way. If you're an account manager, you do these things. You know, if you're um, a salesperson, you do these things. And it's really hard to undo that. I, I love that concept because it, it's, it's a, a basic analogy. Is you're more likely to uh, fix and improve a house that you own than one that you rent. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Now, the, the, the challenge here, and I wanted to get your insights on this, is when you are having that intro level job somebody that mm-hmm. you basically need to onboard as fast as possible and they are going to have a uh, I forgot the word uh, routinary yeah routine uh, yeah repetitive repetitive yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. job yeah how how what are some ways to 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 get that concept of ownership started yeah. since the beginning for those positions absolutely so I think one of the most important things you can do is to challenge that person to say, how can we make this job better? So as you're going through and you're starting to dig into this new mm. job you have and you're seeing you know, that your job, yeah, for sure has things that you're going to have to do over and over again. We want you to take on thinking about 
what can we do to our process, the way we talk with our customers, the way we've kind of set up the script for you or whatever it is that this person does, what could we do to improve this for you and for your customer? And so if they can kind of feel a sense of, ooh, not only am I learning this job, but I'm going to be play a pivotal role in making this better. I have a voice in this and I can improve this. That's huge. And for non-client facing roles, a customer could be your manager. Oh, for sure. Or it could be internal customers. Work, the person that you work for within your company. Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, okay. we all sort of have a customer in exactly. some way, right? So yeah. internal customers any kind of job, right? If you, if you felt like it matters to, to this organization, my thoughts and opinions, they're valued. I'm, I can use my brain. If even I feel like in, in my day-to-day work, I don't get to as much as I want to. Here's this other way I can. So that to me is a real easy way of doing, of kind of getting people to, to feel that their job matters, to feel like, they are engaged in what they do. Now, on top of that, there typically are other projects, other things that you need people, you need employee input on. So there's lots of different, I think, ways of getting people to to feel like they're working on something bigger. Mm, I love it. So the, the, the three things, and then just kind of to to recap here and make sure that we're getting things, yeah. that I'm getting things clear. <laughs> uh, the idea of well-being. Yep. Making sure that you are truly care about your employees, not just as someone who works for you, but as people. Yes. And then the other one is following through the service that you do yes. for employee engagement. Don't Otherwise, just do a survey, Why right? in the world are you doing a survey? <laughs> exactly. If you're not planning to really put the time and resources that's right. to bring uh, your goal into fruition. I yes, guess. that's right. And then the last one is coming up with uh, ideas of ownership, of job ownership. Yeah, or job design. Job design, I guess, is just like being thoughtful, intentional about the actual job. Because I think it's easy in engagement to start talking about, oh, you know, meaning and purpose, which absolutely matters. But this, there's this big ignored area, which is the actual job. And thinking about how that actual job can have more ownership, autonomy, more voice. So yeah, you're right. Lime has a very neat initiative, uh, which uh, is the, the one where you bring your employees to come up with projects to improve the actual software. Yeah. Is that, yep. is that correct? Yeah, we have a lot of those different kinds of things. We have this thing called Own It Day, uh-huh. where all employees, and we've actually expanded not only to our own product, or our own software, but anything at Limeade that could be improved, mm. getting employees to think about that and focus on that. And so we have multiple ways throughout a, a given year for employees to have a say in that. We care a ton about the voices of our employees and their feedback. And we ask, you know, a weekly question about um, different aspects of employee engagement for, for, for our employees. So, and we take action on it and we also report it to the board. So mm-hmm. we take it really seriously. Now go, going back to the theme of what can you do for the company, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're joining uh, a new company. Yeah. In an ideal world, every company got all this stuff that we just talked about together. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, have very engaging work environments, but yeah. you're going to company and you're more of the individual with the mindset that you want to go somewhere where they have issues and they have problems and yeah. you want to create a change. Yeah. What, what can we do, do as individuals yeah. to increase our own engagement at a workplace yeah. where all these things may not be set up for us? Yeah, for sure. I'd say, you know, find something in that organization that you that's really clearly broken or needs work. I'm telling you, every organization has has something, multiple things, lots of things that they need to work on. Some, but it, it needs to be something that you care about, that you got, you have passion about, that means something to you. And dig into it. See what you can do about it. Grab a hold of it. Um, I think when you can connect your own interests and desires with something that matters to the organization, it can be really powerful. Mm. So I'd say look for those kinds of opportunities, you know, and... Um, I'd say make sure also I keep this well-being thing matters a lot to me, you know, make sure that you have the energy when you come to work to give it to the organization, right? Make sure you feel like you are having a high quality of life and it's really hard to give what you don't have. 
Um, so I really encourage people to realize that you got to have some well-being in your life in order to be be able to be engaged. So focus on your own well-being is what I would probably say. Um, I, I think there's just something, and I'm a full firm believer in just mm-hmm. this idea of positivity, optimism. People want to be around other people who lift them up. And hmm. so I think that the concept of positivity is something that everybody can bring to work every day that affects not only your own engagement, but the people you work with is when you're around people who say, we can do this, who get excited about it, who laugh at work, um, who bring some joy to work, you know, Mm -hmm. I think just, you know, thinking about being positive and optimistic can make a huge difference in just the daily work, you know. Mm -hmm. As you put together uh, strategies and processes, for your team or a big, large organization to improve the employee engagement. Mm -hmm. What, in your experience so far, have been some of the most meaningful metrics and tactics to measure employee engagement so that we can track progress? Yeah. Um, So there's just, there's an item we use um, Mm -hmm. at Limeade and with our customers. And it's sort of like an overarching item, right? It's the idea of, I feel personally engaged in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the things that we track over time. But we also try to get to this, some of the things that are kind of underneath that about feeling like I have meaning and meaning in my work. I I get to work on things that are meaningful to me at work is another important part of that. Of course, we also get it to this idea of well-being and feeling like overall I have well-being in my life. We track that. We, again, that's one of the things that we report um, to our board. So we use this model that we call the great company model. And it's all the things I've just been saying. It's the idea first that organizations that authentically invest in the well-being of their employees are going to have higher levels of employee engagement. When you have higher levels of employee engagement, you're going to get better business results. When you have well-being engagement and better business results, you're going to be a great place to work. So it's a pretty simple model. It's just got those four components Mm -hmm. in it. But we have individual items against all of those four components. And we measure those and we track them over time. Two times a year, we calculate them. And again, we report them to our board. All right. All right. This is really great. Uh, <laughs> now, I wanted to move really quick uh, just to learn about the behind the scenes of how you work. Sure. So it's a series of rapid fire questions. Okay. Which so starts... I have to have rapid fire responses. <laughs> Whenever possible. <laughs> okay. So the first the first one is, uh, what's your morning routine like? So I'm crazy morning person. Uh-huh. I get up at 5.15 every day, okay. even without an alarm. So on the weekends, I try, like this morning, um, I try to, I don't have my alarm on, but I wake up at 5.15 every morning. Um, and so my first, the very first thing I do is I talk to my golden retriever. <laughs> all right, all right. He's awesome. He's my. He follows me puts everywhere. In a good mood. He puts completely. <laughs> he's so happy about life. He literally smiles, and so that's probably the first thing I do. Um, you know, there's just the normal take a shower kind of stuff that everybody does. But I love the morning, and to me, I feel like especially on the weekends, right? It's sort of my time. Nobody else in my household is up because I've got teenagers, you know, it's hours before they wake up. So it's my time, you know, and sometimes it's the time where I get to think about work stuff. Sometimes it's the time where I just, you know, goof off and watch bad TV. Sometimes it's the time I take the dog for a walk. It's just time for me in a normal like work day. There's a lot going on, right? I'm trying to get my daughter out the door for school. I'm thinking about things at work, but um it's nice because I feel like because I get up so early, I can do a few things that are just a little calm and kind of ease into my day. Of course, there's a cup of coffee involved in that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and one word that best describes how you work. Uh, one word? Yes. Um, I'm glad that you paid attention to that because you would be surprised how many people. They, <laughs> they go on and on. They, they go on and on. I just said one word. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ha. It's maybe it sounds repetitive. I guess energy. I just I just feel a sense of energy mostly hmm. during the day in my work and and I get a lot from other people. Well, you're a you product know? of your product. Yeah, I, know, I guess so. <laughs> energy. I guess That's so. the perfect answer, right, Laura. Right. Uh, current computer. 
oh god i don't know mac <laughs> a right. little tiny it shows how much that kind of stuff no i know about it but the most recent lap mac laptop mobile device uh iphone all right uh apps software tools they don't have to be all techy it could be analog too that you can live without oh interesting um I think just the camera on my phone. Honestly, <laughs> I just, I love pictures of my kids, my dog, my team. Like I don't know, there's just something about, and I. It's one of the main things I just look back at, you know, and just to mm -hmm. be able to capture those moments. I think. What about for work? For work, we I we absolutely use our our own product, so hmm. that's kind of cool, right? It's really part of the norm within all, with all our employees that we're on our own product. It's the way we communicate with all our employees too is through our product. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, yeah, the I made. Okay. Uh, what everyday thing are you better than most people? <laughs> um, maybe prioritizing. All right. Just, I've got so many things coming at me. I like, I, every day I have to decide what are the things today? Mm. So. What's your work, workspace setup like? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, kind of a big jumbled mess it's a lot going on lots of like i keep a lot of the um my name tags from all of my speaking events and things like that in one place tons of pictures of my kids and my team and usually piles of things that i want to read <laughs> that are all around me like i have somebody um who works with me and she's always like would you like me to organize your desk for you because <laughs> it's i usually just have a lot it's a symbol of kind of how what's going on in my head Why do you keep a pile of your speaking engagement? Oh, so I think because when I do presenta presentations, I feel kind of a connection because mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know, I, I almost always, maybe not every single time, but almost always feel like, oh, there's something really meaningful that happened there with these people, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just sort of a, a, to remember that, I guess. I love it. What's uh, your best time-saving life hack? <laughs> saving life hack. Ooh, that's good. I think I need somebody else's advice on that. Um, <laughs> uh, having a daughter who knows how to do a lot of stuff for me. <laughs> There we go. How she eats people. Actually, <laughs> my daughter is like, she's amazing. And she just like magically does things. Like I went, took the dog for a walk one day and I came home and the Christmas tree was up and decorated. I'm like, whoa. Well, that's a good life. I know, right? That's so a great daughter. Right it there. is. She's a great daughter. So I don't know if that's really what you were getting at. But luckily I have people in my life who... Maybe we should do another interview. Well, you, you uh, give me your insights on how to... Uh, Get a daughter like that. <laughs> Raise a daughter like yeah. that. What's uh, your favorite to-do list manager or task management? Oh, system? my gosh. I am a crazy list person. Mm -hmm. So my problem is I have too many lists, uh -huh. right? But I have, I guess my my structure for it is I have the big, longer-term to-do list and the today to-do list. And so there's a sticky on top of, I have big stickies and little stickies. <laughs> the big sticky has the long-term and the little sticky has today. And you keep all of that in your office? It's with me oh, with all the time. time. Okay. All the time. Like I could, I've already have one for today, right? <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy, but it makes me feel because I have, feel like I have so many things in my life. It just makes me feel like, okay, I know what today I yeah. need to do, right? Kind of a way to unload it from your it's, mind. That's exactly what it is versus it. It's the unloading part that I think is the important part. It's mm -hmm. not just, it's telling me what to do. It's yeah. a way for me to get it down on paper. Yeah. Hmm. Do you listen to anything while you work? Um, not while I work, because I'm in meetings mm -hmm. almost. So I'm, I guess I'm listening to people <laughs> when I work. I, I actually very rarely have time during the day where I'm not in a meeting. Um, so When you but, prepare for a presentation yeah. or a, an interview or yeah, when you write I'm, an article. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I maybe sometimes listen to music. Um, I People would laugh about... Or maybe you don't listen to anything. That's another one. Yeah. I actually do listen to music. Mm -hmm. 
and listen to a lot of like classic rock, pretty loud. Um, I think people. But you're doing putting out putting out employee engagement advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Energy people. <laughs> no, right. Um, some a lot of like Fleetwood Mac and uh, Rihanna and you know that kind of stuff. Um, so I I really like music and kind of loud. It's, people would laugh if they if they saw me kind of rocking out to it. What's your sleep routine like? I am um, an amazing sleeper, but because I get up so early, I go to yeah, bed really early. Perfect. Which so which I'm, it's kind of lameo, right? <laughs> to go to bed well, no, at nine thirty or ten. I think that's one of the benefits of waking up early. Is like especially the same time every day. Yeah. You you just kind of crash when you're supposed to. That's exactly right. And so I sleep seven or eight hours a night, um, and I usually and I sleep really well. Um, what time do you usually go to bed? So it's about. 10, 9, well, my husband says, you start thinking about bed at 9 o'clock, <laughs> which is hilarious because he's just the opposite from me. Like, he he stays up all night long. Ooh, he, okay. he, lots of times we're like tag team. I wake up at 5.15 and he's going to, that's when he's going to bed. <laughs> so that's kind of a funny thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a good sleeper. But that kind of works. You guys get time alone too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And what's something that most people don't know about you? Oh my goodness. Um... So I grew up in a pretty funny circumstance. My parents are hippies, and I grew up in a log cabin without electricity. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, so I dropped that little bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. That definitely sounds that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the last question. Yeah. This is the really, really oh, the last gosh. question. Uh, if today was your last day on Earth, oh gosh, and everything you've created was all to disappear, but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three with three truths about life, oh, what would gosh. those be? <laughs> That's so hard. Three truths about life. Um, I think one of them would be my, one of my kind of favorite ideas is. We, we kind of are what we think we are, you know, believing you can do something is like you're halfway there. And so what happens in your head is really the reality that we create. Mm-hmm. Um, another truth is you can create this snowball in your life of positivity. I've just found that to be so true that if you start it, it grows and you'll be around more people who are positive. You create more positivity around you. And so like the positive snowball thing, I think is so true. Um, third one. Wow. You know, I guess it's sort of, it's just really is all about relationships. It's all about people, all these crazy things we do. There's a lot of stuff. Sure. They, it matters. But at the end of the day, it's just about your relationships with people. You know, and so make sure you're focusing on that. <laughs> so believe in yourself, surround yourself by positive people. And be positive yourself, right? And focus on building strong relationships. Yeah. Uh, well, Laura, thank you so much. It's, it's been great to have you. In thank show. you so much. It was fun. And that was my interview with Dr. Laura Hamill. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access these episode notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP029. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP029. Finally, if you enjoy listening to this interview, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you. <laughs>